Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to Mum's the Word, the parenting podcast. I'm Grace Victory and I am your host for this week. This week we're talking about anxiety and parenting and this is my life jumbled up because I often get intrusive thoughts around parenting and definitely feel anxious about keeping my children safe, especially outside of the house. So on the podcast today is Karen Hartley. Karen is a psychotherapist who specialises in anxiety and stress, not just for parents, but for women and men of all ages and backgrounds. For many of us getting through the year, especially with kids, can result in burnout. We find ourselves running on empty, just trying to get to the weekend, only to find that offers us little to no respite. It's a quite frightening statistic that one in four of us during our life will suffer from mental health issues. And since COVID, I'd be surprised if that statistic wasn't even higher. Karen, welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining me. Hi Grace, so I am a psychotherapist, some people might call me a counsellor. I've been doing this about eight years now and what do I do? I guess I help people manage their mental health and their emotions. Essentially, I give them a toolkit so that they can navigate life a little bit better and have healthier coping mechanisms and tools for this thing called life, you know, because life can be lifing, as the youngins say. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people need that. I feel like I need that, especially post-COVID and my own trauma and then, like, approaching Christmas. I just feel like I'm ungrounded. Have you seen a spike yourself with mental health issues since the pandemic? I guess some people could say there's something called, I guess, kind of long-term COVID, isn't there? I think there was so much focus on entering the pandemic, making sure that people get the support and help needed, kind of come out of that. But I feel like there's still a lot of residue off the back of the pandemic. I think even me, myself, my routine has been off kilter since the pandemic and I haven't really got back into a better routine. But I think... With a pandemic, it caused people to slow down, it forced people to slow down. A lot of time, people get distracted, can hide behind work, social activities, all their everyday life. And the pandemic just forced people to be still, actually, and sit with what comes up, you know? Because a lot of times people avoid that. And I find that very interesting because, obviously, I was severely unwell with COVID. I had to really slow down. Then my recovery, I couldn't go back to life before because... I had to learn to walk again and et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, for me, it's nearly like three years on now since I was in the ICU. And I feel like 
the pace has picked up, picked up, and I am not coping very well at all. It's like I've forgotten that slowness, like life has like gone back to normal-ish, and now I'm feeling like nervy, ungrounded, and just, I'm not okay. <laughs> but then also is that, because I think sometimes, is that also coming from a pressure of, as you said, life has picked up, so actually... You know, and you know what London's like, it's just 10, well, it's not even 10. I feel like it's 50 miles per hour constantly. And often when I'm working with clients, I'm like, guys, we need to get back to gear one because we're constantly in gear five. Very, very, very true. And also, I guess, parenting and identity. Because, I mean, do you, with your clients, do you see a tendency of parents, especially mothers, I think, just like forgetting who they are? Oh, yes. I think it's very common. And I think it's also very normal, Grace. You know, I guess I kind of just touched on the comparison thing and, you know, identity. And I think there's something really big about who you were before you have children. And then that essentially changing, you know, I guess this kind of new norm, a word that we've just used in terms of the pandemic. And I think there's something about also accepting that things have changed. And I guess the things that you could do before you have children, it might kind of be on pause or it's going to look very different to how it was before that. But I think there's also something about not comparing because I think we can see people on social media and they might look all glammed up doing the school run or it might seem like they've done all the meal prep and the house is constantly tidy and that's not the case for everybody. And again, that's not a, that's okay. It's actually okay because it might look very different for you. So everyone's journey, everyone's experience is going to be very different. But I think it also comes back to not forgetting who you were before you had children and how can you start to incorporate that and what does that look like going forward? How does a mother and a father, just parents, how do we learn to live a bit more balanced? Because surely it's unhealthy to just see yourself as a parent. How do we live a more balanced life where actually we feel comfortable putting ourselves first sometimes? Because I massively struggle with this, massively struggle. So a bit more of a balanced life. I guess it's looking at what's kind of taking some of the demands away, because obviously we talk a lot about work. Work, well, depending on the environment where you work, that can be quite stressful, that can lead to burnout. But I think there's something about Grace What's your support system look like? And what are you like asking for help? Obviously not just you, but I see this often with clients that I work with. It's really important that you look after yourself because I guess if you're continuing to pour from a, I guess, an empty teacup, then you're not going to have nothing to give, you know, in terms of parenting, in terms of your partner, in terms of other family dynamics, relationships. I think there's something also about hobbies. I think people sometimes forget or negate or take away and don't put the time into having those hobbies and it doesn't really have to be something extreme I think something even simple as getting out the house and having a walk it doesn't have to be a half an hour walk people you don't have to do the 10,000 steps even just five minutes to yourself you know and I think a really big thing in terms of mothers fathers parenting something about managing expectations and letting go of perfectionism I think that ties back into what I said earlier in terms of the comparison or other family dynamics and units and what it looks like for them and father might come home from work and you know dinner's made on the table and it just might not be the same for everyone so it's working finding out what works best I guess in your family unit I think as well as mothers and maybe I'm just talking about me here we have a controlling tendency 
So like, I hate asking my partner to do something because he's not going to do it the way I do it. And I do it the best. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny. I have this tendency, you know, and I talk to my cousin about this all the time. Oh, gosh, if she hears this podcast, she'll be like, why are you putting my business on blast? <laughs> but, you know, she has a way of doing things and how she cleans the house and stuff. And I was like, you can't ask for help. And then kind of micromanaging on how he does the help, you know? So, yeah. I think quite a few of us are guilty and I raise my hand up too. But, and I think, it's, again, it's kind of letting go of some of that control, you know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it takes time. It does take time. Thinking about mental health and difficult conversations, are you seeing a difference in sort of like the younger generation versus the older lot? Because I go on TikTok and the younger people have their shit together. They are talking the talk. Or does it look like they do, Grace? But mm. <laughs> does it look like they do? Very I mean, true. But I do think that the younger generation do lean into the conversations around mental health a little bit more. Again, going back to the pandemic, I remember seeing all these adverts about just talk and getting support and help. So in terms of my demographic, I'd say it's between the ages of 25 to 45, but most clients are... 25 to 35, that's the predominant, you know, age group of the, the clients that I work with. Yeah. In terms of the older generation, again, I think about my grandparents and when clients talk about their parents, are like, you know, they're in this age gap where I guess asking for help, talking about your needs and emotions can seem really alien to them. And oftentimes when we look at the older generation and we think, oh, it's just being cantankerous or just angsty, what's wrong with them? When actually it might be anxiety or depression, but they don't know what that is. You know, can't uh, I guess haven't got the language. Even when sometimes I work with older clients, are like, "Well, how are you feeling emotionally?" And they're like, uh, "I don't know." So, I think this younger generation are doing a lot of work, and I take my hat off to them. I take my hat off to anyone, I guess, that leans into mental health and having these conversations. And I also think that they are paving the way and making the change in terms of, I guess, some of the work that hasn't been done before. So, yeah, I love that. I feel like they give me hope. Like when I see a young person and they they know, and I'm like, yeah, I've got hope. Because with the way the world is at the moment, it's so hard to remain positive. And you just mentioned there about anxiety. And I feel like a lot of people are anxious. Where does that come from? Like, What is anxiety? And where does it stem from? Because I feel like one day I woke up and I was just anxious. Anxiety, I guess I say, is overestimating the threat and underestimating the ability to deal with it. Mm. So, yeah, I guess that's anxiety. We will have, I don't know, a problem, an issue come up and we feel like we can't cope. And I guess we underestimate our skills, actually. A lot of times, though, Grace, sometimes I'm really mindful now, especially with the likes of TikTok and so forth, when people will sometimes jump onto the bandwagon of anxiety when actually it might just be a situation at work and it's just something that you have to sit with and go through. Because a lot of times... We are going through things that, I guess, turbulent times and we feel like we can't manage when actually we've come through it and it felt like hell on earth, but we have come through the wave. And oftentimes I think it's something about coping because when people come to me and ask about coping, I'm like, do you want the coping techniques and skills or is it you actually don't want to feel yes. anything that's happening? Because you do have to feel it. Yeah. You know? Again, the current climate, you know, things like cost of living, 
work pressures, depending on where you work, things that you do, anxiety is on the rise. And maybe it's a case of anxiety has already been there, but again, we didn't have the language, we didn't know what it looked like or felt like. And the more that people talk about it, it's like, okay, actually, I recognise this within myself. I think it's also important to recognise that having anxiety isn't a bad thing, actually. Again, it's just being able to manage it and being able to sit with it. I guess if it's come to a point of it's becoming... Oh, like really like um, you're struggling yeah, to live life, thank maybe. you, Grace. Yeah, if it's getting to a point of it's hindering life and yeah, you can't sleep and it's affecting relationships and work and, you know, the burnout and depression, then okay, then that's a time when you might have to seek additional support. Yeah, I definitely feel like there's a lot of us in society who want to bypass feelings and, like need to overanalyze and intellectualize what we feel when actually sometimes just sitting with it and not having to identify it just like feeling it in your body is all you need to do like sometimes you can't even articulate what you feel my friend Lita was saying that um sometimes you just gotta dance it out just dance I like that move it out move it through your body because sometimes you just don't know what it is you wake up and you're like oh life is shit today that's okay I like that, Grace. I like that dance it out because I often have, again, some clients who are like, I just want a quick fix. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. As you said, you have to dance it out. You have to go through the wave and sit with it. And again, I think that's what the pandemic highlighted. People, as I said, were forced to be still and deal with, I guess, the thoughts that came up, the uneasiness, maybe the feelings of overwhelming and as you said, a lot of people will maybe go to TikTok and we've got all these phrases. Me and my friend talk about those that have took the red pill and those that haven't, those that are more self-aware, those that haven't. And not everything, as you said, needs to be intellectualized or, you know, all those things. Sometimes you just have to sit with the feelings. And as I said, sometimes things aren't going well and that is okay. You know, sometimes you might be unhappy. And again, it's okay. I think sometimes social media and, and society will give this false illusion that, you you know, things are always going to be great. People want soft life. I don't know if that's realistic. Mm. Soft moments, maybe. <laughs> like soft moments, I mean, yes. I... <laughs> Baffled. The Fact Podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. More people in the world have mobile phones than toilets. Since most people are right-handed, in World War II, the Germans trained their army to eat with their left hand so they could spot spies in the cafeteria. A woodpecker's tongue actually wraps all the way around its brain, protecting it from damage when it's hammering into a tree. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I need to live in a hut on a beach. That's the soft life I'm aiming for. <laughs> it's actually freezing today. It's freezing. It is. And it's Christmas very soon. And I feel like the pressure to be happy and mothers to create the magic of Christmas, which, oh my God, like, wow, is a lot. And I feel on edge. I do. I feel like I'm looking at my diary. It's really, really busy. Like I'm trying to get through my work to have a nice long break. I've got to wrap presents and we're hosting Christmas this year. So I've got to cook. How many for? Not many. So it's like me and my partner and um, our kids that are here. And then my mum, stepdad, my sister and her boyfriend. But still the pressure. What advice do you have for this time of year for everyone? Because I feel like people go home. They go back to maybe their place of trauma. What advice do you have for people to just feel like they're in their body, to feel like they're okay? I mean, Christmas, again, TV. Everyone's having fun and opening, you know, pulling the crackers. It's such a joyous period when Christmas can bring up a lot of different things for people. Not everybody loves Christmas, you know, and you've talked about the pressure of hosting and, you know, Certain family members, it's going to bring out certain dynamics, not necessarily certain happy. Oh, you've gained weight. Oh, gosh. Oh, child. Depending on that family member, that can be quite blunt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have some clients that actually don't want to do the family thing at Christmas, but they're also aware of how that is going to be perceived. And it's not really an option. You have to go and pretend and do the happy families. I would say if you can, just have a window, a period to yourself within the 24 hours so even if that's first thing in the day if you can just have a half an hour and just center yourself and think about I guess what brings you joy on Christmas before you go into the the madness of of socializing or even if it's you're in the family space and again you can just get away for 10-15 minutes I guess if someone's feeling anxious or maybe overwhelmed another tip that I often give is something called the worry chair grace so again if you can just find a spot if you're in your house, you know, or a house, and just allow yourself to sit there. And we've talked about that. Just feel the feels of what's coming up. But you have to allocate yourself a time. So when the time is up, you find something to do. So you might then find that. I'm going back downstairs and I'm smiling and I'm going to eat the turkey or whatever, guys, whatever you guys are having. But for me, it's about just recognising what's coming up for you, you know, and where it's potentially coming from. Is there, again, a pressure of, 
I've been to other family other family houses and they've got their house set up a certain way and people can expect dinner and a five course menu. And actually that's not something that I'm going to be doing this year and that's okay. Well, and with that, there might come up some comments and a bit of backlash, but against you having to sit with, but this is what I'm doing for me and my family and I'm okay with that. As you're talking, I'm getting feelings of like, we need to be resilient and confident in who we are especially with family members. But how do we do that, especially postpartum? Your body looks different. Everything feels saggier. Like, I feel like my legs, like, it's really weird, are, like, saggier. They're not as firm. So you don't feel as confident in yourself. Postpartum hair loss, like, having children is not a joke. How do we reclaim some of that confidence when... All you see is these bounce back bodies and, you know, there's a lot of pressure to just kind of get on with it. You know, oh, you've had a baby two years ago, like you should be back in the gym now. And it's like, no, like I'm still, I've still got back pain from my C-section, etc. Like how do we, I don't know, stay rooted and firm? Again, it's a tricky one. I think it comes back to your support system and what that looks like. And the reality is, Grace, you can stay rooted and firm. And I already touched on there's some family members that will knock that out of you. That's the reality, you know. Some people don't they have... know the trigger. They just get in. They don't have no filter. And I work a lot with clients with finding their voice. And yes, you can still vocalise and use your boundaries. With some people, it's not going to make no difference. So I guess it's kind of an acceptance thing. And that doesn't mean that I'm losing my boundaries. That doesn't mean that I'm not using my voice. But I guess, what are you going to lean into? Because sometimes I feel like it is a bit of wasted breath, really. I've told y'all six times and you're still going to comment on my weight, which doesn't sit right with me. But again, what does your support network look like? Who can I lean into about that? It's also about being patient with yourself as well, because some people have their ideal, as you said, well, it's been a year now and you should have maybe snapped back or you should be doing this and the house should look a certain way when they're not in your house and then I have to deal with what you have to deal with. So again, it comes back to an acceptance piece within yourself a patience piece and who am I measuring myself up against as well? You know, everyone's always going to have an opinion. Everyone's always going to have a thought. How much of that do you take on board? Easier said than done though, because we're human. Yeah. And we're vulnerable. Yeah. Especially postpartum as well. Yeah. So you're a second therapist, you have clients. Yes. With your clients that are parents, is there a theme that they come with? Because I feel like, Especially with conversations that I have, my friends, we're always wondering if we're doing enough, are we good enough? There's this like fear, I think, with our generation of like not traumatising our children. I see two sides of the coin to the parents that feel like they're not doing enough, you know. And then the other side of the other side of the coin where I I don't want kids because I don't want to recreate the same pattern, the same trauma that my parents instilled on me. So I, I'm just not doing it, which I feel is a bit sad if that's the main driver of why you don't want kids, because that's coming from fear, 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 you know. So back to the point that you're talking about in terms of, again, I keep coming back to this, this pressure of wanting to be at a certain place. And I do wonder if that leans into perfectionism, you know, because again, I keep coming back to, but where has this standard come from? And again, there's so much going on. Some people might have a child and three months later, they're in a different place. Well, actually, 
for some, a year later, I'm still struggling, as I said, with maybe the weight gain. Maybe I'm just still not feeling myself. My hormones, you talked about hair, all those things. Maybe the child isn't sleeping. It's just so different for every each and each individual parent. But yeah, again, I keep coming back to just allowing yourself some grace, actually, using your word, pun. But yeah, giving yourself grace. I think it's really, really important because, as I said, everyone's journey is different. It looks different for everybody and Everyone has different struggles, you know, but essentially you're doing the best that you can. That's what I hope people lean into a little bit. You are doing the best that you can and each day is going to bring up something different, you know? So, yeah. One thing I've learned is that um, when I feel like I'm like really shit hot in my career, I feel like a rubbish mum. And then when I feel like I'm a really shit hot mum, I feel like I'm rubbish in my career. And the work-life balance... Does it exist? Because I swear to God, it does not. I feel like it's a buzzword. People use it for clickbait. I cannot find the balance. And I'm constantly teetering with what can I prioritise today? Like, oh, I've got to do this. My deadline's due for this work. But my, you know, my, my baby is teething. It's a lot. Do you think the work-life balance can be achieved? I think it can be achieved. We also have to be mindful of different seasons because there's going to be probably times when, as you said, you're going to have different deadlines. Work might be a bit more taxing than normal. Again, maybe we're at this journey in parenthood where my child is teething. So they're going to need a little bit more from me. I think, yes, work-life balance can be achieved, but I think we also have to be mindful of the season that we're in and what does that look like. Again, work-life balance is subjective. What does that look like to Grace? What does that look like to me? What does that look like to, to Joe Bluggs? down the road after as mothers I think often put so much pressure on ourselves and not even just mothers people in general put so much pressure on ourselves we need to take a step back from that again I always say it's not black and white it's easier said than done I keep coming back to this self-compassion thing you know so if it's Christmas period got a few more deadlines then the reality is that I might not have as much work-life balance as I would have liked but after Christmas going into January I can maybe bring that a bit more kilted and have a bit more balance and may the scales up a little bit more so yeah no one chat to me I'm done no emails no nothing and that might be your boundary actually half of January I'm stepping back and that's when I can kind of maybe get some work-life balance back in place and that can take me through to maybe February March and then we go again and it's mum guilt, isn't it? Like you feel guilty when you're not meeting deadlines or you're doing like your career stuff and you feel guilty if you're not being the mum that you want to be. It's just constant mum guilt. And I feel like it's so useless. It really is. It is. Again, who are we comparing ourselves to? I think it's a very normal emotion and there's no right way to do things. Because where's this template come from? You know, really though, where's it come from? You know, is it... Our mum's mum's is our auntie. Is it what someone on this morning has said? You know, there's no right way to do things. It's how are you navigating and how are you doing what works best for you in your household, your uni, you know? Yeah, it's always like parenting experts. Then you read it and you're like, well, I ain't doing none of that. Or, oh, I'm just doing one of those. And it's just too much. I feel like we're in this like place where there's just a lot of parenting advice. And it's overwhelming. Too much information. I think there's a lot of advice across the board. Mental health, work, you know, and that's why we have to be really mindful of how much we're taking on, how much we're absorbing, you know. Karen, it was so nice to speak to you today. 
Nice to talk to you as well, Grace. I mean, I've seen you on social media, but obviously we've never had a conversation. So I'm getting to yeah. mean and mingle with the real Grace. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm taking away today from this conversation self-compassion. Yeah, it's important. That's what I feel like. Yeah, it's like the word. It is. As I said, I always say self-compassion, Grace, we're... Sometimes we can be our, our own worst enemies, our own worst critics. And we often take on this inner critic from our childhood, schooling, parenting, whatever. We're so hard on ourselves. And life can be hard as it is. So I think if you can, just give yourself a bit of slack because we're, we're trying our best. Most of us are. That's all you can do. And on that note, we'll end it here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Mums the Words, a parenting podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. Get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send us a voice message for free, even anonymously if you want, at 075 999 27537. Email us at pod at gmail.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.